Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me today in the beautiful Viking and La Cornue showroom in New York City, here with my dear friend, <laughs> co-host, and brand ambassador, and chef extraordinaire. I Jane so am Malita. here. I am here, but you know who's really here today. Yes, is Sarah Moulton. This is such an honor. It's oh, well, so thank great you. to see you. Yeah, same here. And I am so excited to hear, first of all, about how you two I know, met. And I have we a have a history. I cannot wait to hear the scoop. I always have some kind of a crazy story when it's attached. Somehow, some way, every you guest are, we have on Kitchen Chat, yes. I, I know for, Absolutely. well, it's the chef world. Right? It's a small it's a, world. It's a small, small world. world, yeah. For sure. And I can't wait to talk about your eighth season. Yes, of Sarah Moulton's weeknight meals. That's right. You have really helped change the way home chefs prepare. You've given such confidence to home chefs throughout your culinary career, and I am so grateful Thank for you. that. And I'm so excited for to get in, even more information about your show. But can we start off with how you two met? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be on uh, Cooking Live. Which was my Food Network show back, it's 96 to 2002. Right, so I was live a Live call-in show. I was, yeah, so I was live, barely alive <laughs> on her show. Um, and I basically was extremely ill with the worst food poisoning I have ever experienced in my life. You, didn't, so you didn't tell me? I, I was so excited to be on the show. I, the, the world could have been ending. I was like, I am doing this. And it was a little too late to like for any cancellations oh, no. or anything like that. No, that would have been that. It was live. Yeah. yeah. Then I would have had to, I don't know, talk about peanut butter. I well, would have had to make something you up. Have, but you would have made it work. You know what I mean? I would have. I, believe me, I was in that situation. No, but you're right. That was the early days yeah. of food TV. Sure. So a lot of people, even people now who are like really accomplished on TV, had never been on TV. Right. Yeah. So I sort of had to help them. And you Relax. were, and you were actually um, in the midst of that. I don't want to call it. It was a storm of sorts. Um, you made me feel really comfortable, and it was probably one of the worst and best TV experiences I've ever had. Aww. But it was it was rough. Well, you must have been really good if I had no idea, or I'm just really stupid. <laughs> one or the other. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a combination of the maybe two. Maybe the both. God, yeah. we're so alike. I was, I was so happy to have a warm body because you. Oh, were I was warm. <laughs> yeah. I was warm. <laughs> really I was warm. Very warm. I was. Yeah. I was beyond warm. Yeah. But it was uh, still in all. It was a great experience, and you've had like I remember. I've watched so many of your um, of your shows and. Well, You're I did 1500 for the Food Network. Oh, wow. because just I did that live show, I racked them up because it was every night, you know, an hour long show, and then um, so that's how I got so many, and I okay, had about so, 500 guests. So that was my culinary disaster moment. Have you ever had one? Yes. What oh. is it? Tell I us. overcooked <laughs> three racks of lamb for James Beard at a restaurant no. I worked at the night that I was the chef de cuisine. And it was, he came in for dinner. He was friends of the owner, Sally Dar, La Tulipe on 13th Aww. Street. He lived on 12th Street. 
she used to be able to look out the window and see him showering naked. Not that she wanted to. What a treat. Yeah, but he used to. Right. He's a jolly fellow. He's a jolly, jolly fellow. He'd jolly. do it outside. But anyway, he'd also come in for dinner frequently. And on Sunday nights, I was the chef tournant at this restaurant. So I did everybody's job so they got a second day off. And on Sundays, I was the chef de cuisine. So he came in and ordered a rack of lamb, and I was such a nervous wreck. I threw on three different ones at three different times, and somehow I managed to overcook all three of them. <laughs> so when it was time, I, the third one, I finally put it out. Sally said, because she was a perfectionist, no, we will not put that out. We will send him a free order of shrimp and sesame Aww. sauce, and you'll do another one. And I did, but I was mortified. That's As rough. you can imagine. Oh That's yeah. rough. That's a little bit Everybody pressure. has a bad story. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure. Do you have a bad story? Margaret, come oh, on. Oh, give every, us one. Oh, goodness. I did not know that bourbon is flammable. And I, when I made the bourbon pecan pie on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. Well, you, but you were long, alone in your own kitchen. Well, no. Everyone was there. And it just kind of smoke billowed out the fire to fire, you know anyway it's okay. oh fun times but it's fun that's what makes some memories but i love that you touch upon james Beard. and i mean I, you I, this is such an honor i'm just getting goosebumps and it, this whole that you have really worked with and been trained by some of the giants of the mm -hmm. culinary world julia child James Beard. Jacques Pepin. He was also, um, he would come into La Tulipe and do this guest chefing thing, and I'd follow him around like a little puppy dog, and he would, you know, train me. He was great. And then, you know, he'd invite me to do things. And again, be a mentor. He's fantastic. I'm sure you know him. Oh, yeah. Everybody yes. knows Jacques. Oh, yes. Yeah, everybody knows Absolutely. Jacques. Yeah. You've he's been around kitchen. Yeah, chat. you've been on kitchen. Three times. Yeah. Yeah, three times. Been, yeah. But I'd love to do a video kitchen. I'd love for him to come into the Viking kitchen. Yeah, oh, and, and wow us all, you yeah, know. Sure. He, can, he can cut up a chicken in 29 seconds. That's amazing. A whole chicken. You know, I, I thought I was pretty good at two or three minutes. He's 29 seconds. Wow. Yeah. So, what was your greatest lesson and most fun memory of? each of these icons, you know. Oh, I don't know. Julia was just so much fun. Uh, you know, we would be in the middle of cooking a dinner party at her house, and of course that was a little stressful for me because she was 6'2", <laughs> and so all the counters were like up here, um, and so was all the equipment. Uh, but we would be in the middle of a bunch of us making a dinner party, and she'd turn to us and say, aren't we having so much fun? I mean, she just was. You do a good Julia. <laughs> I do. You, I don't think she'd appreciate it, though. Yeah, I don't well, know. You know I what? I, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you. But that was wonderful. I mean, there's so, I learned, I could, you know, we could go on for life about all the things I learned from her. But she, one of the things, the nicest things about her, I have to say, besides the fact that she was a great home cook and a great mm -hmm. teacher and really one of the funniest people I ever met, um, because she was so refreshingly honest, but she was so interested in people mm -hmm. that when she'd have book signings, it would go on for life, because every <laughs> single person who'd go up to get their book signed, she'd want to know all about them. Right. You know, so hours later, the person at the end would finally get their turn, but she'd still ask them about them. Aww. So she was fantastic. Jacques, I mean, so much about technique, mm -hmm. and also just about being professional. Uh, that he's just amazing. Um, and also just being, he's so sharing, you know, yeah. he's yes. written a million blurbs for a million cookbooks mm -hmm. and he's encouraged a million young people, both men and women. And also I find him even, I'm not saying he doesn't like the ladies. Of course he does. Never did anything inappropriate 
at all. But well, that's refreshing. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, well, not that I'm aware of, and I've not, not heard it from anybody else. We only have nice things to say about him. But I have to say, as a French male chef of his age, because I think at this point he's 83, 84, mm -hmm. he uh, was always supportive of women in the kitchen, perhaps because his mother was a chef. But uh, that is so rare, and that's why it was so hard for me to get a job here in New York City when I first moved here because it was locked down. I mean, I'd already worked as a chef in Boston. It was locked down. You know, restaurants were not, women were not allowed to work in them because they were all under the direction of French European, or well, European male chefs, hmm. and they didn't want women in their kitchens. Wow. Ew. You know, wire coat hangers, no. <laughs> We've so. come a long way. We have. Yeah, yes, it's for sure. Better, it's not best. Pump in the road. Yeah. I know. And, yeah. and I know the whole Me Too. And, and yeah. do you feel it's really impacted the culinary? Well, I think it's impacted everything that women do. And I think part of the problems we all brought up, myself included, and even though I consider myself a feminist, and my mother certainly was, uh, we were all brought up to sort of be nice. Hmm. And uh, so I think at every level, you know, there's really horrible things that have happened, including, you know, well, sexual of the sexual nature and also keeping women out of the top jobs mm. or the higher paying jobs. But there's also been the minor stuff where women just sort of took a back seat to men, myself included. Mm. And I think that this, the, the good news about this is it's empowered women to just say, eh, eh, you know, I'm not going to let you get that job when I could have, or I'm gonna, not going to defer to you on this subject. I think mm -hmm. it's given women more confidence, and I think that's great. So your culinary career, did, did it begin with ABC? Is that with Good Morning America? Or could you take us back? You know, my TV career. I'm going to dial it back a little bit further, because yes. I, I, this is a question that I have in my head. Did you want to have a TV Never. Life? Never. I'm not feeling that that was... Yeah, never. Never. I thought that was tacky. Okay. I thought people who were on TV needed attention. It's still huh. the truth. It's true. Well, except then here's my icon, who I always loved, even before I worked for Julia Child. Yeah. There she is on TV. How, you know, what did I think she was doing there? Right. But no, I never did. So what happened was... I went to the CIA, uh, Culinary mm -hmm. Institute of America, worked in restaurants. Did so did I. Yes. What mm -hmm. year? Oh, God. No. Way after me. <laughs> it's fine. We both yeah. went. We both went. We, were, we have been together. Good school. Yep. Yeah. Good Great. school. Fantastic. Anyway, worked in restaurants for seven years. Right. And then uh, um, in that period, I ended up meeting Julia when I was in Cambridge and ended up working for her on Julia Child and More Comp Company, mm -hmm. her PBS show and the cookbook that went with it. And she became a lifelong mentor, et cetera, et cetera. So when I moved to New York in 81, I'd been in Boston working around restaurants, she started working at GMA, and I wanted to have dinner with her. I missed her, and she said, oh, dear, you have too much prep. I don't think I can get done, because she'd come down and prep like six or seven segments. Wow. And I said, I'll tell you what, let me come in and work for free, and then you, you know, maybe you can get out for dinner. So she did. We went out for dinner, and the next day GMA hired me to start working oh. with her, which I did only briefly because I think I'd started at La Tulipe and mm -hmm. Sally didn't want me to have a second job. But I went back, so that was in 83, uh, or 82. In 87, I went back and did the job full time, doing all the prep for all the chefs. 
uh, from 87 to 96. And so that was behind the scenes, and that was really the early days of TV. Sure. Uh, everybody was scared, you know. I right. mean, it was, you know, deer in the headlights. So I would do whatever it took, you know, slip mm -hmm. them some whiskey or a glass of wine <laughs> or, you know, tell them stories or whatever uh, to get them to. So I met everybody in that period. I still had the job at Gourmet. Yes, I always had more yes. than one job. But that's how I started in TV. It was behind the scenes at GMA. And then when the Food Network started, it was because I ran the kitchen at GMA. My title was Executive Chef, which was very grand. I mean, I was there like once every two weeks or something, maybe once a week. Um, that, that's why the Food Network approached me and asked me to run the kitchen at the Food Network. And oh. this, so this is 92. They started in 93. And I said, you know, that's not a uh, salary job with benefits, mm -hmm. is it? And they're like, no. And I was like, well, I can't do it, you know, because I had my gourmet job with benefits. By now I had kids, which is why I left the restaurant industry. And I also didn't think the Food Network was going to last. <laughs> you nailed it. I know. <laughs> I know, Rob. Woo! So at any rate, then they asked me if I wanted to be a food editor, and that was a desk job, and I was a chef. I was now chef at the dining room at Gourmet, so I didn't want that. And then they asked if I wanted to do some on-air stuff. Hmm. And I'd just been, the, GMA just put me on as the secret weapon with Joan and Charlie. And I thought I did pretty well. Of course, as you know, here I am looking at the two of you. I don't ever have to look in the camera. It's one thing to be on with hosts. It's another thing to be on alone. Oh, my God, that is so scary. So I went and did a 15-minute pilot, and I absolutely sucked. So I walked out of there, and I thought, well, okay, it's over. I didn't want to do this anyway. People on TV need too much attention. So I went back to my job. But the Food Network in the early days was desperate. They were all news people. They didn't know who the players were in mm. the food industry. They didn't have the money to fly anybody in. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Amazing. So. And they made culinary stars out of that team that they brought yes. in. Right. And yeah. then the whole thing <laughs> yeah. changed. But they uh, invited me back to do something called Chef Du Jour. Oh. To, I did five half an hour shows. And for this, I got media training. Right. And the media training yeah. helped a lot, but I was still pretty awful. But, but compared to the other chef du jour chefs, I, I guess I was pretty good. So they asked me to come back and fill in for somebody who had a show, Michelle Irvater, an early trailblazer, because they didn't have very many women in the beginning. Yeah. And um, I fill in for her on her show because when she went on book tour, they would have a substitute. If any of the men went on book tour, they would just put their show on hiatus. Oh. Yeah, no, it was really bad in the beginning at the Food Network. And then it changed, of course, yes. and women took over. But um, so they asked me to do that. And then after that, they asked me to do, because part of her show was a call-in. Mm -hmm. So she'd set it up so that somebody would call in. It wasn't live, but it was a real human yeah. with a real question. And I did that in one of the segments I did to, and um, because of that, they offered me this live college show. I was and like, this is the one you were on. Yes, and it was really live. Talk about reality wow. TV. It was complete with dirty phone calls. I got six in six years, and um, you know, I dropped it, I burned it, I didn't finish it. It was. Um, it was wild. <laughs> you probably don't even remember because you were so sick. You were just trying to maintain. I was just trying to keep, keep it together. Up, keep your head up. Yeah. Performing when you don't feel yeah, well. That's sure. terrible. And I had not, yeah, and I had not ever had any, at that time, it was one of the first things I think I've ever done on TV. It was one of the first moments on food TV, and I was like, I need to do this. 
Yeah. yeah. And you're right. Yes. So many people were discovered on my show. Yeah. And tell me who. who Michael was Simon, Gail Gant had a show for a while, Michael LaMonaco, <laughs> Ming Tsai. Ming Tsai was going to be discovered no matter what. Mm. He's that kind of personality. But um, anybody who was anybody was on my show because they were looking for new talent. Yes. So I did, as I said, 1,500 shows. I probably had about 500 guests. Only 1,200 of them were the live call-in because then I morphed into taped shows. And I loved having guests because um, I learned from them. Right. You know, it was mm -hmm. really fun. You know, it's like, and I'd think about, what do I want to know about today? Asian noodles, okay. I'm going to have Corinne Trang on tonight. I mean, that's the greatest oh. recipe right there where you don't, where you let somebody else do what they're good at. Yeah. And yeah. you just. I learn and, yeah, and right. my audience exactly. learned. It was exactly. fantastic. That's the best. Kind. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that, that recipe. Right. Now you're entering your eighth season. On, on my public yes. television show because finally the Food Network was done with me. And um, so I now, I, like Julia, I liked being on TV back to how tacky is that. So I need attention. I know. It wasn't about attention. Now I love teaching. I love that. The, the thing yes. where people, you know, you felt like you got people cooking. Right. And so we started Sarah's Weeknight Meals in 2000 and, um, 2008. Now, we all remember what happened in 2009. Yes, the bottom fell out of you know, the financial world. So we couldn't find an advertiser for Gourmet, let alone an advertiser mm -hmm. for my show. So both my show disappeared and then shortly thereafter Gourmet mm -hmm. until um, we could, and, and obviously I've survived the demise of Gourmet. I went out and did freelance work. But we had, it took us a couple years to find sponsors, so we had a hiatus between the first season. But ever since then, we've done it just about every year. And we're now planning season nine. Season eight is still rolling okay. out. And I just love it. I own it with my partner. That's great. great. And she and I have so much fun. And sometimes, and you, you know, with public television, you get this much money. Um, so we just make it work. Sometimes it's back to the old days. We're doing the prep. We're doing the dishes. We're figuring <laughs> out what we're, you know, we, we make it up as we go along. But we have so much fun. Well, That's what it's all about. What are some of the highlights? Because you've taken it on the road a We have now too. taken it on the road. Yes. So back to what we were saying before about how I love cooking with guests. I've had guests on my set. We pretend that, full disclosure, my set is my producer partner's house in Connecticut because it's much prettier than, I have a nice loft, but it's boring, you know, yeah. it's loft in New York City with, you know, other apartments out the window. So we go to her place and pretend it's my house, my dog, my garden. <laughs> And sometimes I forget and say, oh, I'm going to try this at home. And I'm like, wait, you can't do that. But at any rate, I did have guests, but then we thought, you know, let's, we, we want to, some of our sponsors take us in the field, which has been fun. Um, we're working with the cruise line right now. So last year for season eight, we taped in Spain wow. and Italy. And wow. so we made paella in Valencia. It was actually a French chef, not a Spanish chef, although he speaks perfect Spanish. And he competes in paella competitions. So you'll appreciate this, both of you. He had this little secret, among others, that he picked up from a housewife at one of the paella competitions. So he's cooking in one of those big paella flat pans. Love. He takes um, sea salt and he sprinkles it around the edge pretty early on in the process to caramelize it. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And then he gradually, yeah. as it browns, brings it into the rest of the ingredients. That was, to me, hands down, the most exciting thing. So, um, anyway, we got to do that. We got to do tapas uh, north, of, north of Barcelona mm -hmm. in this oh, medieval town called Madromagna. 
um, we got to go to a Tuscan villa with this wonderful, Living soulful woman. Living the dream. Yes. Living yes. the dream. Yeah. So, and then we, we went to Sorrento and did a, a piece in a lemon agriturismo farm with this whole family. And they were just, the mother didn't speak English, but she was about my size. And we can we communicated anyway. Right, right. We made pasta. <laughs> Lots of hand motions. Lots of hand yeah. yeah, that's the Italians, exactly. right? So it's ju it's just really been fun, and uh, looks like for the next season we're going to be going to Latin America, and oh. I'm looking forward to that. Plus, which That's we've gotten to different places in the United States. So, with one of our sponsors, we've been to Louisiana. We cooked with some Cajuns. We went and did sushi rice in California with this wow. gorgeous young man who does uh, rice uh, rice farming TV. His own um, his own <laughs> podcast. He's adorable. He looks Aww. like my son, only he's much taller and with more hair. Um, <laughs> young guy, really cute. And so it's fun. You know, so we're out. So the idea of taking this show on the road, although paella is hardly a weeknight mm -hmm. meal, it's a special yeah. occasion. I love paella. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I isn't it? I have not had mm -hmm. paella. Oh, it's but so... It's delicious. I'm going to have to yeah. have paella. Yeah. I mean, yes. and there's wonderful restaurants that do it, too. Yeah, and I'll tune into your show. Oh, yes. Again, and you'll learn all these tricks. All these yes. tricks. Um, but, you know, what's fun going on the road is is seeing what somebody else's weeknight meal is, mm -hmm. right. you know, and, sure. and tapping into that. And sometimes it's hard with chefs to get them to stop doing all those fancy things with all yeah. those ingredients. I agree. But, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we we Keep say we say no, 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 no. This has got to be what you really would cook mm -hmm. at home. Not that all your little sous chefs and line cooks prepped for you to bring here to me right. to. to you know. So I'm learning, and we have home cooks. One last thing I'll say, so mm. we did a call to action, we're going to do it again, yes. um, where we ask for somebody to, it has to be in the tri-state areas, because mm -hmm. again, we have a budget this big, um, to reach out to me, and if they have a family recipe, any ethnic variety, we preferably, the more ethnic, the better, you know, something yeah. that I don't cook, right. mm -hmm. um, bring it to me. So we found a woman from Puerto Rico who'd grown up in Puerto Rico, who was a CIA agent. Yeah, I mean a, a real CIA, CIA agent. Not, not, not our not CIA. CIA. So CIA. that was not fun. CIA. We were the double CIA girls. She also also happened to be short. Not that I, you know, prejudiced against tall people. I love them, but it's fun when somebody's my size. And she made um, gandules, uh, arroz Ooh. con gandules. And then tostones, which are the fried plantains, and they were fantastic. Wow. And she and I had so much fun. And she was a regular home cook. She'd never been on TV before. But we had so much fun. I love oh. that. I love it. And that's part of what we're doing here in the Viking showroom is we're bringing in, for example, when we were building the showroom, so I design and, and build these things, there was a guy who used to bring the most, the cutest little lunch packs. And he would have everything from empanadas, you name it. And... Every day I would watch him eat, and he would take the time and sit there and enjoy himself. Come to find out, I mean, it, everything looked so beautiful. It was his sister that was cooking for him. So I actually brought the sister into the showroom to make empanadas. Real people cooking real food. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's where the, the simplest, most wholesome energy comes from people that are passionate about making Absolutely. what they're used to making for their family. And they were delicious. I bet. Oh, God, you're making me hungry. I know. My mouth just <laughs> Although I have to say the funniest thing about after we did the show, so I checked the comments on the website. I do the website half of it. Mm -hmm. I got, of course, a comment from somebody from Puerto Rico saying, Those are, that is not how you do gondolas. Oh, no. You know, you always get, the Italians in particular can't agree on anything. Anything, no. Right. Yeah. My sister is actually um, here in the showroom today, and we both make meatballs, Italian meatballs, completely different. And, of course, hers are better than mine, and mine are better than hers. I have a very important question <laughs> on that subject. Do you brown them before you put them in the sauce? Yes. 
Does she? I th yes. Because that was a big controversy when I had different Italians on. Yeah. No, everyone makes them differently, but they're all the best. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course they yeah, are. Yeah. So now you're, so I'm, I loved taking you back to the question of when you first started never thinking you were going to be on TV to where you are today with all of these episodes behind you. Is it, when you're behind the camera now, do you even think about it? No. Right? No, Remember I how intimidating it was? When you oh, first... my God, it was awful. But as soon as I decided I was a teacher, I uh, had a message, so oh, it wasn't a problem. And there it is. That's, yeah. a great, um, that's a great way to describe. Like when, you, when you're teaching someone, it's no longer that you're... you're it's you're, not about me. Exactly. It's about, it's about you. The, exactly. Yeah. Really you're great. continuing the legacy of Julia Child. Absolutely. I mean, I learned a lot from her. And uh, it's okay to make a mistake. You must smile constantly and for no particular reason. I used to, I probably told you that. I told every single guest I had on my show. I believe you probably Boys did. and <laughs> girls, so not just women, you know. Yes. Um, that you never stop learning, that it's all about excellence, that you must be curious, you know. I learned so much from her. So, yes, I hope I am. If there's know? ever yeah. a chance I can be back on any of your shows without being sick, that would be wonderful. That would, oh, that would well, if we yes. make it to season nine, yeah. you're in the tri-state area. Yeah, no, for sure. Maybe we could even get a Viking stove in there. Okay. Oh, that All would right. be fabulous. Speaking of Viking, have you, you're familiar with our brand. Well, here's the thing. So when I worked at the Food Network, and of course, very aware of Viking, and then uh, Julia was a big fan of Viking. Right. And oh. back when there were very viable Viking cooking schools, I think I taught it a few. Oh, wow. Now I know it's franchised. Viking doesn't run them anymore, although yeah, well, that may change. The whole thing, Viking mm -hmm. is actually, there's a, a big corporation called Middleby that purchased Viking. So Viking has been, and, and continued is being rebuilt. Rejuvenated. Yeah, yes, sure. no, yeah. I get that. Because there was we worked with Viking a ton when I was at Gourmet. Mm. I was on the advertising side. Oh, okay. So we'd do events with them. Um, we would do advertorials. I might develop recipes. Wow. I did cooking classes. So mm. yeah, I'm very familiar. And then I was also familiar with what happened to Viking right. when it sort of you know disappeared for a while there. So I'm so glad. Yes. Yeah, no, it's back, back with a whole back. new. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, no, this is energy. wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. And you're oh. still here to make it even greater. But yes. I have so many questions to ask you about TV. I love, I love TV personalities, especially when it comes to cooking. Do you have any advice for somebody that's trying to break into food TV? Oh, gosh, it's so funny, Jamie, because in the old days, I thought, well, you needed good culinary training. Right. And then there was quite a while where, no, that was not what the Food Network anyway was looking for. All they were looking for was big personalities right. with cleavage. If right. you were a girl. I had it. They didn't want to see mine. So I was too old, I guess. My cleavage was too old. I never had it. Yeah. Or you had to be, you know, all the competition shows. Right, right, right. I don't really have any advice these days. I don't know why they pick. I, I would say one thing is constant. Starting with Julia Child and up into the biggest star today uh, is you need a big personality. Yeah, sure. uh, you need a really a point of view. And, I mean, one thing that's interesting is Salmon Nosrat, you know, who did salt, mm -hmm. acid. Yes, in fact. And yeah. she's, she's not a glamour puss, and yet she's, I, I, no criticism, she's perfectly lovely. Yeah. Uh, but she's not, she's, she's not, you know, a gorgeous young lady. Right. Uh, and she's really resonating with the public. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because I think about Julia and how mm. the Food Network wouldn't hire her, you know, touch her with a 10-foot pole for most of the years I was there. I mean, they did her reruns, but mm. then, you right. know, I wanted to do a spe the year that I 
my last year with the Food Network, which was 2005, I wanted to do a special mm-hmm. on Julia, and they said, oh, nobody knows about her anymore. Oh, oh she? No. But I insisted, and we did, and I had to fight all the way. Like, I wanted to interview Jacques. They were like, oh, nobody knows who he is anymore. I mean, it was just really awful. But at um, any rate, back to big personalities. You know, they, they went from teaching, the Food Network was like teaching, and then it was like no entertainment. Well, who did both better than Julia? Right. She was, and she was such a ham and over the top. So yes. I say big personality, yeah. whatever yeah. that personality yeah. is. Of course, I like it if the person, like somebody like Sam and Nosrat, actually had a message mm-hmm. right. and is actually teaching you something. That, to me, means more mm-hmm. than just being a big personality and having right. fun. It's not about, you know, it's like personalities, I look at flavors. Like yeah. if you have a strong flavor, sometimes it's... It's too strong, yeah. you know. So you should back it up with with something, a message, some depth, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I like that. I've got to know you better. Say you're spicy. You're a little saucy. I didn't know that about you. You don't even know what I didn't say. What didn't you I say? Well, no, I'm not going to tell you. Come on, not on camera. We're going to have you back many more times. Well, thank you. Thank you so much yes. for being on Kitchen Chat. And I always like to end the show with three tips for the home chef. Oh, so dear. we are asking the right the person here. Oh dear, three tips. The top three tips, or just any three tips. Okay, chef. number one, mm-hmm. you want to learn how to cook? Just cook. You can teach yourself so much. That's really um, great. Number two, the first most important ingredient in the kitchen is salt. Okay. Don't stay away from it. Season as you go. Taste as you go. I mean, unless it's raw chicken, obviously. <laughs> Don't do that. But salt changes everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, and number three. Oh, this is a Julia-ism. Mm-hmm. If you're going to entertain or even if you're cooking for your family, never apologize, never explain. It's the best you meant to. It's the best. It's the way it's supposed to be. Don't tell people all the things you did wrong because oh they're God. so glad you cooked and they yeah, didn't. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Why thing. ruin their meal? Yeah, exactly. I learned that from Julia. That's amazing. I have That's it up on my refrigerator. <laughs> Say yeah. that again. Say that again. Never apologize. Never explain. Your souffle fell. Don't say it, fall, it fell. Say it's pudding cake. Got it. Yeah. And what would I say about my um, flambe? You flambéed it. <laughs> Or it was blackened. It was a new version of a pecan caramelized. pie. Yeah, caramelized. There's all sorts of good words. One of my favorites is rustic. Rustic. Yeah. It looks like, woo, you just call it rustic. Yeah. That is hysterical. That's, that's yeah. You have helped me reframe okay. my catastrophes in the kitchen. Oh, I doubt you have many. Oh, God. No, sh- Okay. okay, don't say a thing. Don't say a thing. Okay, good. Okay. Oh, well, thank you so thank much you. for sharing your joy in the kitchen. And thank you. And you exude such joy, as my dad did. And I love seeing Oh, can this. we say one more thing? Absolutely. I just want to mention that I've been doing, and it's been really, really fun. It's like a resuscitation of, home, of you know, cooking live. Yes. I've been doing uh, radio with Chris Kimball on Milk Street. Yeah. And um, our part of it, it's an hour. I mean, Chris is the host, mm-hmm. and I co-host a segment with him where we answer callers' questions. Yeah. And it is so much fun because, as we all know, Chris Kimball is sort of a nerd, and he knows everything. I mean, he, he does in a lot of ways. Um, and so he'll be, you know, serious, and um, I'll be more like the shrink, you know. So somebody will call in and say, they love this, but, you know, they've been making this mix, cake mix for years, and they add all these terrible yeah. ingredients and it's really yummy and what would be a better way to make it and Chris will take them through the whole way to do it by <laughs> by hand you know yes. and I'll say but wait a second do you love this recipe 
and they'll say yeah and I'll say does it remind you of your mother you'll appreciate that because of your father and they'll say yes and then I'll say don't change a thing make it so anyway I love doing that it airs weekly on NPR it's called Milk Street Radio and our my part of it is about 20 minutes with Chris Perfect. and we have a lot of fun me and Chris yeah oh yeah. well thank you so much okay I'm sorry and I had, no, I had to plug that. that's great. a great plug okay and I'll make sure we have all these links for your PBS and we show. have to add in, yes. the, in this we have to add a photo or a snippet of me on that show sweating oh, yeah. to I want to see it oh, can you find it I'm dying to see <laughs> that's it the worst. and, and figure out why it was so stupid no you were okay <laughs> I was just that good yeah you were you faked it while you baked it I didn't know what to do as you say with your words yeah Oh, well, thank you both so much. Of course, Jamie co-hosting. It's just so exciting on this culinary journey. Thank you, dear foodie friends, for joining us here in the beautiful Viking and La Cornu showroom in New York City. Stop by and, and visit, see Jamie, see Chef Jackie, and hopefully you'll be in here um, for some Sounds special like things. This mm -hmm. will be great. And also, I will have links to Sarah Moulton's TV show and podcast, so you can check those out. Visit thevikinglife.com for more inspiration and recipes. Come see me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.